I'm Tyler. I fell in like with him. Dennering. I'm Connery. Pumpkin time, Hanson. Pumpkin time? Yeah. When is pumpkin One time? One of them says, like, I think when she's getting a divorce with uh, Nick, her like her assistant says, it's pumpkin time, honey. And she goes, oh, no. <laughs> like, the fairy tale is over. Oh, I get yeah. it. Okay, now I get it. And this is the franchise, the podcast where friends get together to talk about movie po- uh Oh, my God. <laughs> the <laughs> podcast where friends get together talk about movie franchises big and small sometimes they're eight movies long sometimes they're two movies long and are 40 to 60 years old yeah <laughs> when did the first one come uh, out 1960 something starring uh you know some of them star barbara streisand in her uh in her early years yeah, can we so that's what we're covering <laughs> that's what we're covering can you get the hint what we're at based on a movie we watched last week no, it's not A Star is Born. It's not um, Road Trip. I don't know, that movie with Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We had the same mind think. We're covering Funny Lady today, the uh, long-awaited sequel of Funny Girl. <laughs> you know, both, uh, you know, it came out 10 years after the first one, and uh, I don't know, it didn't get great reviews when it came out, but <laughs> we're talking about it nonetheless. We have to. We can't just and wimp out when we've done Funny Girl yeah, you already. can't just, like... If you're gonna be a funny girl, you gotta be a funny lady at some point. Yeah, and, I guess, and right? per that per that thing you sent me with Barbara Streisand, she'll be a funny grandma at some point too. <laughs> oh, did I send that yeah. to you? Okay, that's what I was gonna come back around to later. But anyways, <laughs> with us today is our pal Carlin Castiano. Hello, hello. Hi, Car. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me today. I'm so excited. I was just saying sorry if I bombed on this movie too much already. <laughs> I'm not sure if you like it or not. I know you like the first one a lot. I do. Yeah, the the first one is classic. And and, and you're right. It, the second one did not do as well as no. as the first one, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, Barbara Streisand is amazing. And she just is such a star and so phenomenal at what she does and um but yeah funny girl had more of a following and longevity than than funny lady did but but both iconic films such an iconic role of fanny bryce and based off of Mm -hmm. true events as well and um you know barbara really made that role her own and was so famous for it as well too yeah, she she got it all going down on the funny girl town, and <laughs> I didn't mean to rhyme. What? <laughs> She's got it all going down on the funny Those girl town. Those are actual lyrics from the song, right? Yeah. I, I will say, I can't remember a single song from Funny Lady, and I I don't know if that's if I'm committing blasphemy, Carlin. Do, are there <laughs> songs you remember in Funny Lady that maybe I'm not recalling that are maybe more famous in the musical Zeitgeist? Because Funny Girl has... People who need people. It has the parade passes by. Well, before the parade passes by, I think that's Hello Dolly. Right, Hello, that's I. I've done that twice now. Jeez. But also another favorite Barbara Streisand film of mine, and also so iconic. Like that. Gosh, the Hello Dolly. That's for another podcast. That's oh yeah, a whole other topic. Maybe that's next. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not a franchise. <laughs> I think. It's... I think Barbara Streisand is its own fr- franchise in and of itself. <laughs> she is a franchise of a human being. That's a good point. 
actually going back to i'm going to jump back on the bandwagon of the music of funny lady um mm-hmm. it's interesting the i need to actually double check on this but i believe the first film the music was written by julie stein and then the sequel of Funny Lady was written by Kander and Ebb, who wrote Chicago, Cabaret, oh. all of those, um, all, and so many, so many more fantastic I feel like that musicals. makes sense, because the music in this one comes on when they are performing, most more so than when they are having emotional moments. Yes. And Barbara w- is so good at having, what's the best way to describe it? Barbara's films... I the first thing that comes to mind when I think of any Barbara Streisand musical is their um her the music and the songs are of the subconscious of the mm. character mostly her if you've ever seen Yentl it's like yes. all of, most of all of that music it's all is, internal she barely moves yes. her mouth I think the only time we actually see her moving her mouth singing is like the Papa watch me <laughs> Oh, so good! Oh, I love that song at the end of that movie. Yen- mm-hmm. See, Yentl. I see. I think. I think. I think we're onto something. I think, I think we should do a whole Barbara series because, oh my gosh, the things that I have to say about Yentl. I'm such a Yentl oh, fan. Me, me too. We had a Jamie Koblenz on last episode, and she was not so a fan good. of Yentl, and I was insulted. Uh, I was like, "How dare you!" Oh, so sad. But that, mm-hmm. you know what? That's okay. Uh, Art is subjective. Art isn't easy, as yes. Barbara also says. <laughs> Tyler, I'm gonna have so much fun this episode. <laughs> but anyway, on this episode, we are talking about Funny Lady, though, and because we can go on and on about Yentl and mm-hmm. Hello Dolly, Funny Girl, Hello Dolly. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm on board. I mean, maybe we'll have what Carlin just sang a few beautiful bars of was, of course. Um, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Carlin, what's the name of that musical again? One of my favorite ones ever. Oh yeah, right. One of your one of your favorite ones, um, "Sunday in the Park with George." Sunday in the Park with George. Thank you. And it's from her Broadway album, and it's oh, the album is so good. Right. It's so good. I it's... love it. I love it so much. <laughs> well, but... folks at home, if you can't tell, Carlin is a very much a Broadway theater buff. She does this for a living. <laughs> I do. I live. I live and breathe it. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So you're basically like you. Uh... You perform in musicals and stuff too, right? Like you're a singer. I do. Yes, I have been born and raised into a musical theater family. Um, wow. And it's it's uh, yeah, it's been a part of my life so much and uh, so much into uh, my my adult career as well, or my adulthood in my career, I should say. <laughs> and um, and it's it's just been it's cool to have it as part of my, my upbringing and, and as part of, uh, I love going to see theater as well too. So I, I just love it, but yes, I'm a, I'm a singer, actress and dancer. And, um, and I, I, I just last year, I celebrated five years with the Walt Disney company and, um, and then, and then the lockdown happened. And so we're just, (laughs) you know, adapting, adapting day by day and, Mm. and seeing what's next. (laughs) But in the meantime, <laughs> yes, I, I love it. I love it so much. But in the meantime, we can, you know, watch and appreciate all of these Barbara Streisand films in the meantime. Yes. <laughs> all of them. As Connery branches off to go do that podcast with Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, maybe we should like, uh... get a vote or something like to have a whole series because that's a good, 
Those are good bonus episodes. I so feel like Carlin has about. like a fun gun against your head, Tyler, where it's like, guess what? You're going to do a Barbara Streisand. It's not done. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll be there. We're going to cover Godzilla soon, but only if they're musicals, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope Barbara Streisand's in the Snyder Cut. <laughs> she will be in the Snyder Cut, so help me God. I heard she she is now Martha Kent in it. Jeez. She plays uh I don't know, never mind. I don't have a good joke for this. Dark side. She plays Dark Side. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah, Caroline, I think I may have said this last on last week's episode, but I, this is actually Funny Girl is the first Barbara Streisand movie I've seen. That's like ever. amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> so, thank you. Initiation or something. Yeah. Yeah. Initiation. Right. That's awesome. To segue from that, we should talk about our segment, our, our weekly segment called What's New? <laughs> Connery had his arm ready to yep. do the little guitar sound. Mm-hmm. Maybe by now. I, I finally contacted our... Our uh, past guest and friend and musician composer Nick Baverka to have a one simple guitar sound over that. <laughs> Are you just doing a one simple guitar? I can spread out the things if it's a little longer. No, he's just gonna I go. I just told him exactly. <laughs> it took me like eight weeks to contact him, and it was only when Connor was like, "Hey, you should do that." We keep talking about it on the podcast. I'm like, "But that's that's the bit." That's the bit. That's He's the like, bit. Uh, okay. Uh, and yeah, then I said, no, not, no, no, no. In this anymore. latest episode, you say, yeah, we have it by now. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it's not there for that. Well, it's not going say. to be. <laughs> in another eight weeks. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weeks. What's eight weeks nowadays, anyway? Uh, it's nothing. Time moves in a direct oh goodness, diagonal yes. pattern. It's uh, eight episodes of the show. That's what it is. Oh, hey. Hey, <laughs> hey everybody. Exactly. Because hey, hey. uh, that's the only way I judge time now is by <laughs> being on this podcast. Cool. That, it, that's any, my calendar. Anything, uh, <laughs> anything like that helps to keep I am track basically Tyler's. <laughs> I'm basically Tyler's embodiment of time now. I didn't know that. Yeah. Your so grandfather special. time. I'm grandfather time. Grandfather time. <laughs> Yay! Connery's wearing the the clock suit from the uh, Alice in Wonderland sequel that we'll cover one day. Yes, I and I look fantastic, <laughs> mind you. And the minute hand keeps slapping me in the face. Um, oh yeah, I was segueing, I guess, like three minutes ago or something about our our segment. But Colin, this is our segment where we just talk about what's what's new with us. If there's been something in particular that we've been watching or reading or listening to, just anything enjoying, uh, you know, pop culture, media wise, and my little segue was that I started watching the uh, Barbara Streisand, Chris Christopherson, The Star is Born. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I only got like 10 minutes in, but it's not bad. I just want to watch. Only got 10 I'm minutes like, in? Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to watch, watch it at some point. I like Chris Christopherson a lot. Uh, yes. You know, love him, in, love him in Blade. Love him in Blade 2. <laughs> yep. He's okay in Blade Trinity. Yes. I still need to see Convoy, but uh, you know, I know he's also obviously a musician, but um, <laughs> I watched the 2018 Star is Born for the first time recently. Oh, I just want to give one more good look so at I was you. wondering. Oh, nice <laughs> yeah, so I was wondering what y'all's opinions are of that. Of of oh of the twenty the twenty eighteen Star is Born or or all of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean all of that. That's 
all of that. That's Which amazing. one's your favorite? Have you seen all of them, Carlin? Oh my goodness! How many? Gosh, how many are there? Well, it's, it's one of those movies that I, I lose track. I have seen. <laughs> I, think four. I have seen the Judy. It's actually, you know what? Okay, so this is actually a, a great topic to cover. Thanks to the lockdown, Ooh. I have been able to watch mo- two Stars Borns. <laughs> I saw. I saw the Judy, the Judy Garland one, finally, mm-hmm. and it actually mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it until last year, and it was it was wonderful, and. Um, I have also seen the 2018 Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, and they were awesome as well. And just, I mean, so, so different from the past Star is Borns before them. Um, and I just, I, it's so cool to see how, based off of the time period, how the music changes with, with the time and the style and... Um, I'm I'm such a huge Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga fan, so I <laughs> I was I really enjoyed their performances and it was really wonderful. I have actually never seen the Barbra Streisand Star Is Born. Duh. Oh, I sacrilege! Know. Right. So that so that one <laughs> is next on the list. You would think I would have watched them all in order, but um, it was just what came out at the time of of. Um, I can't remember what prompted me to finally see the 2018 Star is Born. Maybe I caught it on TV or something finally, but it just, it took me a while to, to catch up on my, on my films. And Mm -hmm. thanks to the lockdown. Yeah. And so thanks to the (laughs) lockdown, I was like, I can finally watch this, (laughs) but I love both. And so, yeah, that's next on the list that I have to watch the, the Barbara Streisand version of it from, from way back, from way back when, seventies, right? Seventies, yeah. late seventies. Yeah, yeah, it's like seventy six or seventy eight. Yeah. They're both they're both on HBO Max right now. That one and the uh, twenty eighteen one. Okay. And because I started watching the Barbara Streisand one, I think after we recorded the Funny Girl episode and right after I watched The Star Is Born. So I'm like, or the twenty eighteen one. <laughs> so it's right. like, oh, I'll give this a shot. And I'm like, okay, like yeah, you know, this is this is interesting for sure. It's like. It's definitely not bad, but it's just so 70s. And I'm like, I, uh, I'll watch this some other time. <laughs> like, it's just a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Too that much happened to you within 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all, it's, you would understand if you watched the first oh, okay. 10 minutes. Like, gotcha. It's like a live performance. And, absolutely. But, um, absolutely. The real question, Carlin, is do you prefer A Star is Born 2018 or The Greatest Showman? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, I was. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it, it's almost so hard to compare because they're so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I One's about a very sad man. One's about the f- happiest man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the happiest, most sadistic man versus the saddest, saddest man in love. I mean, really, though. I Oh, my gosh. You know what? I love both for what they are. I mean, gosh. Yeah. I, you can't say no to The Greatest Showman, though, because and no. that's... That music is awesome, <laughs> mm-hmm. and also he's the greatest. It's he's the greatest showman. Um, Carlin, and, I but, remember when um I I think Ty and Lily sat down and watched Hamilton, and afterwards oh. Lily said the greatest showman's better. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're entitled to think that. Yes. <laughs> the other day, she's like, I want to watch Hamilton again. I gotta, I gotta like scope it out because like I mean. My girlfriend Lily like had never seen it like oh, live cool. or anything. Oh yeah, so we just watched it when it came out on Disney Plus, yes. and it was just like so cool. it didn't have the same impact, I think, as, <laughs> as it <laughs> should have. Because Lily was like, "It wasn't. I didn't really get it. I didn't feel it. Just wasn't wasn't in there." But Greatest Showman, now that 
was like, it's our sale. Yeah, I mean, Greatest Showman's the greatest. It's Bob. Okay. <laughs> that is yeah, okay. But compared to like, I don't know, it's just different. Like, Lin-Manuel has a very dressed down set for Hamilton versus Greatest Showman is right. all about showmanship. <laughs> totally. But wouldn't that be a cool musical, though, of The Greatest Showman? I think that they could totally oh, do completely. something really cool with that for the Easily. stage. Mm-hmm. They made Rocky the musical. They can make this. Right. <laughs> Here's the ultimate question. This isn't even our normal segment, but do you prefer uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark (laughs) musical or the King Kong musical? Ooh, my goodness. You know, I've never seen both. Either. I've never seen either. (laughs) But you've heard the music from both. I have not listened to either production, so I will have to get back to you on that question. But both... You don't know all the freaks are here in New York City? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you never seen a kong like me <laughs> i kong one? i will have to i'm now i'm intrigued and i will have to get back to you on these questions because yeah oh my gosh i mean i i remember when spider-man turned off the dark was being produced and so i need to brush up on that show and then also do my research on king kong but i mean two major i don't know if you musicals. do <laughs> I don't know if you do. <laughs> I remember when my mom took me to see Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, and I was like, let's see anything else. She was like, no, let's go see Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. It could be fun. And we both sat there. <laughs> mom's ho- cool. My mom is cool. I love my mom. And we just both sat there horrified the entire time. <laughs> I would go. You know what? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is all good research. Let's just it say is. it is all good research. It all mattered. And I got, the fun part was I got to see a Spider-Man get swapped out mid-performance, which I think is what the show is all about. <laughs> wow. And that, that is incredible. That is yeah. incredible. I remember Mary Jane taking off his mask and was like, you look different. And the audience laughed. And I'm like, Haha, the man is obviously hurt backstage. <laughs> He's just like in a stretcher. Yeah. It's oh my gosh! It that was two huge musicals, huge musicals for multiple reasons. <laughs> Ooh, I think also see I only the only things I know about like so I, I think I've said this before too, but not to you, Carlin. Is I think the only uh, live musical I've ever seen was Lion King at the Pantages when I was like ten oh, or something. So good. That's one of my favorite musicals. Which was really good. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. and. Uh, yeah, it was really great and colorful and yeah. everything, and the people going down the halls as giraffes scared me. <laughs> but other than that, I liked it a lot. <laughs> it's a, oh my gosh, that whole circle of life opening is just so cool with with all of the with all of the animals, the puppeteers coming down the aisle, and it's just yeah. gorgeous. Oh my gosh, Lion King was my first one of the first musicals that I saw on Broadway in New York. I think mm. it was five, and. My heart was pounding so hard waiting for that show to start because I was so excited to see it. <laughs> and my mom leaned over to me and she goes, are you okay? And I just <laughs> sat there looking straight ahead and I said, yes. I said, I'm just so excited. <laughs> yes. And it's, 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 one of, it's just one of my favorites because the puppeteering is so cool. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. So that, I, I'm so, that, if that's the one show you had to see, that's a great choice that's a great show to see so i approve mm-hmm. well done well done <laughs> that's oh so funny cool. that's another question i guess tyler, <laughs> i only know tyler, <laughs> never mind i'm gonna i'm just what i'll <laughs> oh, see so you were tweeting today about how good little mermaid the movie is carlin was ariel in the little mermaid in a show i did oh, wow. yes yeah I've, that's awesome i've had the opportunity to play ariel in in i've actually done two productions of little mermaid i've 
I've had the opportunity to play Ariel, and then also I got to be uh, a Mer sister the second time around. So two totally different perspectives, and <laughs> but both so much fun, so much fun. That's also another good movie. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen Little Mermaid in like I don't know since I was like twelve or something. It's just been a long time yeah, since I'd seen it, time. and I feel like it was just like a a few. I never. It was like a few years in out in theaters before I was like born and everything. So I think it was just. A little bit before my time yeah. and uh yeah i don't know it's really just really good that's like the most obvious thing to say it was like hey little mermaid's a it's good just- movie <laughs> did you watch the second one no i haven't watched any of the disney sequels because like all of the like the ones from the 90s and stuff are just kind of like just uh cash grabs you know for the most part some of them are okay adventures dash explorers oh my gosh it's been a minute since i've seen the sequel too but also also a good movie yeah, Little Mermaid's classic. It's surprisingly good. I guess also, like, my favorite Disney movie is uh, a Goofy movie. And oh, if you so watch... <laughs> I almost said Goofy's Excellent Adventure. If you watch... <laughs> uh, what's it even called? In... Why am I forgetting what the sequel's an called ex- now? An Extremely Goofy movie. Extremely Goofy That's movie. Right, too. yeah. It's just, like, the animation quality just drops, like, oh. immediately in that one. I'm just like, <laughs> it's a little different. Uh-uh. But Seven Campbell that does the music to that movie, that's that's an awesome soundtrack. I remember listening to that soundtrack um, as a kid and just, I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. Yeah, it still is the best. <laughs> still Coming from me, someone who knows nothing about music or musical theater. Tell you're a drummer. You know plenty about music. You keep saying I'm a drummer, but I haven't touched my drum set in like five years. Oh, no. <laughs> it's time. I just haven't had any room anywhere. It's time to brush off the cobwebs and it's time. totally... Go for it. And put it on Craigslist. Oh. <laughs> put it on Craigslist. Oh, no. <laughs> Gotta make that quarantine money. No. Oh, man. That's real, though. It is. Um, but yeah, to fully bring back my entire segue, <laughs> I watched Hercules as well, Ooh. and I didn't realize that the last song, I don't even know what it's called, but the last song they're singing about, A Star Is You're Born. You're so right. Yes. Oh, yeah. They are. <laughs> A Star Is Born. <laughs> A Star so, is Love Hercules. Born. That one's great. And that's, uh, that's all I got for everybody. Check out Hercules on Disney Plus <laughs> what about, what about and Little Mermaid on Disney Plus. Plug for Disney. Check out Hercules on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, they really need, <laughs> they it. need it, especially those two movies. Those two movies really need that plug. <laughs> so. What about the really jazzy version in the end of the credits? So, I will find my way. Oh, so good. It's so yeah. good. Michael Bolton. My f- yeah, Michael Bolton. Yes, it's my favorite Michael thing Bolton. in the world when Disney songs did that, like R and B jazz songs after yes, all their movies. I, yes, for the credits. Oh, I miss it so much. Like this day, they don't day, do that anymore. I always ex- they don't. I always expect it to happen. I'm always like, no, and it's gonna be. It's an upbeat pop song, which is fine. That's where we are now. But I miss like really jazzy, like Tarzan ha- that happened at the every every nineties yes. movie happened at the end. Yes. Oh my gosh, they they're just classic. It's just classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've just been on like a. Uh, what's it called? Disney Renaissance kind of binge, mm. I guess. Recently, are you gonna? I'm going way too long on my on my <laughs> portion of the segment, but <laughs> I, I'm literally watching Tarzan right before this, and I just got to like the uh, I don't know, messing up the camp song. And it was like, all right, <laughs> it's a bit much, but like <laughs> the music is really good. I used to have to play that on drums in high school. And last thing I'll say is The Great Mouse Detective. I watched that Ooh. for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's there's actually a really cool documentary on Disney+. Plus. Another plug for Disney+, Plus, if you haven't heard of it. <laughs> Streaming platform for Disney. Ooh. What plus? <laughs> Disney+. <Drizzly>. Plus. 
And there's a really cool documentary about it's it's the couple years before The Little Mermaid because The Little Mermaid really put Disney animation back on the map. Mm. And it's there was a lull for the Disney animation studios and um there's like like Black Cauldron, Great Mouse Detective and a couple other animated films of theirs that didn't do as well and it's Rescuers so interesting. Down Under? Yes, Rescue yep, Rescuers Down Under and it's so interesting that there's a combination of um, at the time, because they were so young, a combination of animators that went on to do the major John Bluth animated films and also animators mm-hmm. that stayed at Disney. So it's a combo of the two of them and they're making these animated films that some of them just did not do as well at uh, with box office numbers. And then Little Mermaid helped. helped uh, it was like a Disney renaissance, basically. Um, but it's a great documentary to explain that time period of the lull of them trying to figure out what's this next best movie that's going <laughs> to get us back on the map, basically. Um, really fascinating. But Great Mouse Detective, um, Full Circle, made me think of that because that's one of those films that they, you know, they they pitched it and they produced it and created it. And, and then, you know, what happens after that? It's like, oh, they just didn't make that goals what they wanted to but <laughs> but good but good movie though because i yeah that was one that i grew up with as well too with the scary rat yeah there's like <clears throat> been a few older disney movies that i just never saw like that one's not even like older like i haven't seen the original rescuers i'm just like slowly going through and watching yeah this is the, the time. ones that i missed at points you know this mm-hmm. is, yeah exactly this is totally the time to do why it. not enjoy vincent price singing yes. as a <laughs> big rat man yes. that's always good <laughs> Put that in any movie, and that's yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> the best actors, the best actors out there. Yeah. The and, well, Disney's so classic. I mean, they it's timeless. It never gets old. And you, you know, you grow up watching them as a kid, but then you return to them as an adult, and you get so much more out of it. I mean, the messages are deep. The songs are beautiful and moving, and you know, I I still cry at Disney films. <laughs> Did <laughs> you cry now. during Soul, Carla? Yeah, you- I have not seen Soul yet, but Ooh. I've heard, I have heard, um, so many interesting things about it in a good way that people were were not expecting, mm-hmm. or people were not expecting it to. I'm, I'm trying to find the right words because I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it just was surprising to, in a good way to people mm. about like what it, what the end of the film was, and they just their minds were blown. I have heard. I have heard. Ooh, I have heard. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. So that's on my that's my next Disney film I wanna watch. Rumor has it. That's a song. Thanks, Adele. <laughs> Thanks to Adele. Thanks to Adele. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, well that was like twenty minutes on my end. What else has everybody else been doing? What, what what's everyone else well, been watching? I have been playing through the probably the second to last Dark Souls game I've yet to ever beat, which is a uh, Dark Souls Two. It is really aggravating to me. I'm having a hell of a time getting through it. To me, it's the both hardest and the seemingly most easiest of the bunch, which really peeves me off to no end. I'm I'm I'm, de- I'm debating just deleting it again. I've done this like multiple times in the game, where like I download it and then I delete it and then I de- re-download it and then I delete it again after just getting uh. fed up with it. Because it it it's, yeah. it does like cheap things or like I don't know they spawn like t- five guys at once or like now fight them and I'm like I what <laughs> I don't know yeah I've said this before 
Also, I've also said I've said this before, before <laughs> several times on this episode. A, you're performing alone. a temporal pin- pincher movement. We know. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. That's let's just drop every <laughs> random reference into this episode about funny lady. <laughs> um, uh, wh- where was I even going? Oh, I, yeah. I wish certain games that I bought, I could you know, you can always uninstall them, but I mm-hmm. wish you could just like straight up delete them. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I you know, I paid money for this. I still want to destroy it from my library. I don't want it. I <laughs> yeah, want to look at it. It stares at me like really upsettingly, yeah. and every time I see videos of it, every time I see like people play it, I'm always like. That looks really easy. I should be able to beat this one. I found <laughs> the first can't. Dark Souls was supposed to be the hardest one really, really easy, and I beat it, and I was really happy with myself. But this one has just vexed me to no end. I'm, I'm debating just, just just destroying it and moving on All with together. my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The real question is, Connery, would Barbra Streisand like Dark Souls too? Mm, um, that's a good mm, question. If she got to sing a really like cool jazzy song during the credits about mm. like the fading of fire and that there's hope always in the in the dark, maybe I think she could do a really good version of that. So yeah, I I I, I, I don't think she'd enjoy playing it. I think she enjoys singing songs about it. Yes, mm. that's a really good question, Tyler. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very insightful. Thank you. So that's pretty much what generally I've been up to. Oh, also watching the Clone Wars. I'm on season three now. I just passed the arc oh. where they're on like that uh force god planet where all that stuff goes on oh yeah like the mortis blade yeah and yeah stuff. The, the mortis blade and all that whatever it's yeah, called it's cool i enjoyed that one a lot uh do you think james Kahn would like it mm, another good question tyler <sighs> yes would, would he like specifically in character as billy rose yes. do you think he would like the the clone wars I, mortis arc i think he'd be too busy hustling and bustling in order to do it and too busy threatening to hit his wife to really think about otherwise yikes Bikes is right. Yeah, because he yeah. does. And uh, I think that's what's new with me. Carlin, what's been going on with you? <laughs> that, that That's a great... Thank you, Con, for that update. Those are some awesome things. And I... <laughs> no, they I, aren't. <laughs> I, please get back to me if you think that Billy Rose would like the Clone Wars, because I would be very curious to know. He and wouldn't. Maybe, maybe that... I mean... <laughs> James Conn's on Twitter, and he always has end of tweet whenever he's done with a tweet. So maybe I'll tweet him and see if he responds, if he likes the Clone Wars. Do you like the Clone Wars? Fun fact, did you, did you know that James Conn did his own singing in Funny Lady? I, uh, I believe it. I could tell. I believe it. Yes. He had a decent voice. He's better, he was better than uh, Omar. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was better than uh, Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe, yes, yeah. You know. We do love Russell Crowe. We do love him so much. Do you love Russell Crowe? I love Crow Russell Crowe also. Do you like him singing in that car? <laughs> no, she says no. She mouths no. <laughs> that is also... Uh, oh my gosh, I love that movie too. That's another sidebar, but that was like... Mm. Gosh. Hugh Jackman. Oh, full circle. Greatest showman. Yeah. Um, hey. Hugh Jackman is so good in that. And Anne Hathaway. Oh, my gosh. Oh, fantastic. I'm reliving my Les Mis movie viewing <laughs> experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carlin, what else has been new with you? What's been going on? Oh, my goodness. Well, actually, just recently, last week, speaking of Hamilton, I finished an online via Zoom workshop class with the resident director and music director of Hamilton. And usually these classes are done in person, but Mm -hmm. because of recent circumstances, they had, they had an offer for this workshop online over zoom. And 
and what we do is we work on material from the show with the director and the music director and it was such a great experience and not only refreshing creatively and just good for the soul as well but everybody in the class was so awesome and so talented and so nice just it was such a great experience overall like I just I am still beaming from it and it, it, it was so bittersweet when we ended our last class last Tuesday it felt like we were ending summer camp because we Aww. didn't want to say goodbye to each other and we were having such a great time and it was just a, such a great creative outlet and on top of that really cool to work on material from the show with the actual creative team so it told it didn't feel like a class at all it felt like we were in a rehearsal setting with them having that one-on-one -on -one, um, uh, creative time with them. And we were, you know, like it felt like we were rehearsing the show and they were, you know, giving us directorial feedback and music feedback. So it was, it was just so cool to do. So that is the latest with me <laughs> with, um, you know, creatively and, um, yeah, it was just it was just so cool, and like like I said, everybody was so great in that in that class. Um, and I, I also I had a friend in the class that Ooh. I know from Disney that lives in New York, so it was great to support each other from nice. across the coast. And um, <laughs> coast to coast, from coast to coast, yeah, exactly. And so, um, then on, other than that, I have also been since we were, we've been talking about shows and, mm -hmm. and movies and TV shows. Um, I have. Recently, I have finished Bridgerton, which is so oh, good. That's and, so funny. <laughs> and, that's like, yeah. Jamie finished that too last week. So what, what was your take oh my gosh. on it? Oh, loved it. Loved it. Oh, my gosh. And I, I, I won't spoil anything for anybody who has not seen it, but I highly Oof. recommend it. I always love period dramas, but this was, this was a good period drama. I love the writing, and the characters mm -hmm. are so great. Um. So I'm excited for season two, whenever that will be, but <laughs> great, just great show. And so I'm currently watching, I think I'm on episode five or six, about, ha about halfway of um, Queen's Gambit, finally. Ooh, oh, dang. Are you enjoying it? That was one of oh, my favorites my this, this past gosh, year. Gosh, it's so good. It is so good. And it mm. just, it it hooks you in the best way. Like there's always like some... Ten, it feels like there's some tension going on, and yeah. even if even if there isn't tension, but they build it the way that they film it, and the it makes it so suspenseful. But I just that that's a good show as well too, and great Very performances much. as well. So loving that. Um, gosh, I've watched Dead to Me and Shit's Creek, which is also fantastic and so much fun mm -hmm. so it's been it's been great to take this time to catch up on so many shows and oh my gosh there are so many shows that i have yet to catch up still now but um i feel like i might be wrong but i remember at one point during quarantine you and your family texted me about what order to watch star wars in. have you guys actually sat down and been watching all the star wars we have not started watching Star Wars yet. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I you were you guys were going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually for for a couple reasons. I think that's that's probably next on the list and we yeah. we keep bringing it up like when are we going to watch Star Wars? Mm -hmm. So, when we had called you about what is like the best order to watch Star Wars chronologically mm -hmm. if you're doing it chronologically. Um yes. 
it was just at my mom's surgery. And so we're like, this oh, is right. the best thing to watch while mm-hmm. she's in recovery with her hip replacement surgery. But then she had a hard time sitting, just sitting in the, oh, man. the chair that we had for yeah. a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So that's why we've been watching the shows that are like shorter increments of time yeah. because she can go, great, I could sit down comfortably for a half an hour. <laughs> but so we're almost to that point where she can comfortably sit um, in the chair that we have in the living room for a full Star Wars movie. So we're getting Exciting. there, but we're so excited. I've saved that list that you had texted us. Okay. But, I was just um, like, Ty- I remember you saying, I'm like, they're not going to watch this. They're not going to watch this. <laughs> and so Tyler, to fill you in, I have not seen all of the Star Wars films. Rather, I, I should say that I haven't seen any of the new, newer Star Wars films that have come out in the most recent years, like any of the prequels or the, the, the Rogue Ones, the... Yeah. This strikes back and this is coming back and (laughs) so I haven't This Jedi returns, that one's the last. This one dies and and this avocado toast. And Adam Driver uh, wins an Oscar and then comes back to do the last film. Exactly. So (laughs) I and especially working on Disney with Star Wars the Star Wars Land opening up, Mm -hmm. I for the longest time have been wanting to increase my knowledge on, on the Star Wars world because I love the original films and but I yeah. have no idea what's happening in the most recent ones but I love them I just haven't gotten around to them at all I remember when you took me what order did you give Connery oh, what order did I give that's a, good, that's a good question I did I think I did the machete kind of cut of it I where I did four five six and yep. then one two three or I think then a one two three yeah then Rogue One then uh, mm-hmm. solo, then yes. then so the like sequels. That in there. Yep. Yeah. Am I am I leaving one out, Tyler? Tyler is our resident Star Wars scribe, so he probably knows ah. better than I do. Even in fact, I'm our resident evil. Our resident Sith Lord. That's it. Our resident evil. <laughs> resident evil. <laughs> resident evil. Uh, why is it called Resident Evil? Uh, <laughs> what are you missing? I don't know. That's it. Okay. Good. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's it. <laughs> and there's seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah, I got the time uh, right for the most part, right? Yeah, if you're going to like, you, you may as well, I, my advice is, um, especially considering the circumstances, probably just start like with four, five, six again, mm-hmm. and then probably seven, eight, nine. Um, and then go back? Interesting. And then, and then Rogue One and Solo, maybe. Wow. I mean, well, actually, okay. Here oh, we go. You're a prequels like four, fanatic, and you're recommending you watch they watch them last. I wouldn't recommend somebody to sit. <laughs> if they have to sit and watch a movie for two hours, I wouldn't recommend Attack of the Clones for anybody to watch first, Connery. And funny enough, that was the last Star Wars movie I've seen in theaters, actually. I remember seeing oh, wow. the film with my mom. Yeah. And you're like, I'm done. <laughs> That's what did it. Well, at the time, I think I think I was like, that was great. Yeah, that was good. I think it was like, what, eight, yeah. eight or nine or something? Or Yeah, I'm like, this is what romance is. <laughs> I too shall levitate a pair. <laughs> I do. I feel like I want to like go all in though, because if like if I'm gonna do a true Star Wars marathon, I'm gonna no matter no matter what, I'm gonna watch it chronologically. So that's why I asked Connery for the chronological order as well as the machete cut. I was like, you know what? Might as well just go for it. Like no judgment, just go in and yeah. just totally like yeah. sit with it all. Yeah um so yeah okay so just talking about franchises though in general i know we're <laughs> we got to talk about funny lady at some point but <laughs> we were talking for 40 I guess my minutes. personal preference 
my personal preference for franchises, I guess, I never really thought about it. It's just just watching them based on release date. Like even if story wise or arc wise, like it's not chronological in that sense in terms of the the story time. Mm-hmm. Story logic time, whatever right. you want to call it. <laughs> I'd rather just watch like the oldest to the newest that's and just cool. see how it goes from there. But that's just my personal preference because also it's just weird to see like to see seven, eight, nine and then probably go back to like one, two, three. It's probably just like strange. But then I guess you could say the same thing about four, five, six, yeah. but I don't know. So many good options. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even I would even say, yeah, just like Force Awakens and Rogue One, then Last Jedi, then Solo, then Rise of Skywalker. But that's also just me having absorbed like all these movies so many times so and the clone wars um yeah i feel like i didn't give very much helpful info there but <laughs> that's what i prefer is just watching them based that. on release date yeah you know that that's really cool too especially to see how technology has changed and graphics have changed and special effects mm-hmm. so that that's that's actually a great way of viewing them as well too chronologically by date <laughs> yeah I wonder what Nikki Arnstein's preferred method of watching oh. the Star Wars franchise is. Oh, man. Whichever one makes him grow that fantastic mustache faster. Right. He prefers to watch them on a horse while playing Polo. <laughs> Polo. Tyler, how is your mustache anyway? Based talking about Nikki Arnstein's mustache. I don't want to talk about it. Did you it. destroy it? <laughs> no. Oh, good. <laughs> you saw me earlier, but I'm behind the microphone right <laughs> I now. I was really paying attention. Ugh. <laughs> It'll it'll get there, Tyler. You'll have the power. There, it's getting there. You're gonna have Nikki Ornstein power soon. Last night, <laughs> Lily said that you just have. She said, "I forget what. I don't even remember the comparison she said." But basically, I just have to accept that it's never gonna grow into a big mustache. <laughs> That's not true. She said something like, "I don't even remember," which is like I don't something even cruel and hurtful. It's like. It's like, I could say I'm a dolphin, but I'm never going to be one, <laughs> something like that. I'm just like, oh my God. You could say you're a dolphin, you're never going to be <laughs> Just one. absolutely roasted. It's like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, okay. As you like turned over in bed and just cried yourself to sleep, <laughs> stroking your mustache. Yeah, pretty much. I did like, or I did write down in my notes that Nikki Arnstein has mustache goals. Yes. He totally. has powerful mustache goals in this. I think that Nikki Arnstein would pick the the movie out of the Star Wars franchise that would make the most money, probably. I agree. He'd pick The Rise of Skywalker. He'd bet on totally. it. Totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all wrong. He would probably like... He would like Lando and Han. Yeah, he, he'd like them. He'd be really good friends with Lando, probably. <laughs> Carlin, what's... What, what, where does this movie fit in in the grand scheme of musicals? Where does it fit in? Oh, that's a good question. Because I was looking up like the box office, and it's like, oh, this movie still made money. Yeah. Like, it's probably based off of how much people like the first one. But like, does anybody in like the musical world talk about this, <laughs> or is it just funny, funny girl? And then like, you're like, have you ever heard anybody bring up funny lady? Basically, it's less common, I should say, than funny girl. I because. Funny Girl is also like a stage yeah, musical, right? Yeah. And this one wasn't. Exactly. So I guess that's part of it too. Right. So, goodness, it's. I think it's one of those. It's yeah, it's just one of those films, those movie musicals that you know the sequel was made, and yeah, like you said, it 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 made money at the box office, but it didn't have as much longevity as Funny Girl did, and and I don't know. 
why that is. You know, I don't, I don't know if it, you know, just wasn't, it didn't give as strong of, a, of an impression as Funny Girl did. That's actually a really, a really good question. Um, of course. I mean, like, do you like this one as much as Funny Girl, or I do think, you prefer the first one more? I think I prefer the first one more. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. the, the music of Funny Girl hooks me more than, than the music of Funny Lady, although I do love Candor and Ab. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, gosh, I'm trying to put, I'm trying to figure out, yeah, why it di- just didn't do as well as, as the, as the first one. Um, there aren't any memorable songs. There's, there's no, nothing legendary I can pull from, from this musical. Like there's, there's yeah. nothing like the, the guys who wrote Cabaret <laughs> wrote this. Nothing. They wrote amazing songs. Like they're <laughs> capable of doing it. It's it's interesting. It just kind of was one of those um, those just kind of eh, movie musicals. To answer your question, like, where do you think it stands? I think it stands of like it's it's something that's it's worth seeing just to say I've seen it. <laughs> and um, you know, that's our podcast. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Just to say, like, I mean, we're we're yeah, here talking about exactly. it. I've seen it now. <laughs> exactly. And like actually, uh, I I hadn't seen I've seen the movie once before, but I just watched it the other day again, just to really refresh my memory on it. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, it's kind of a head scratcher where it's like, why I don't know why there's, you know, and and Connor, you're right, you're right too. Where I it's hard to take a tune with you away mm-hmm. from the movie as well too. Like there. Like that moment, that song that she has, um, and I'm embarrassed for not knowing the, the title of the song, but the song that she has in the middle of the film when she storms out of the out of the room and she like you know get, flies away in her airplane at the end. It's totally oh. a oh yeah yes, it's totally like a don't ran on my parade moment yeah. from the first movie. So that was like a cool parallel and. Um, Oh, I love you know. That reminded me of like a like a Mission Impossible yes. sequence at the end because it's like yes. a, it's like a plane yeah. tracking them. Also, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. She's like the Tom Cruise yes. of musicals. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which actually, fun fact: Barbara Streisand does not like flying. So, oh. and I I have heard that when they finished shooting that shot of her flying away, because of the plane traffic patterns they had to circle in the air for about a half hour after oh, no. they finished shooting and i i guess that just it that really it did not sit well with her or that <laughs> she had a <laughs> she was very nervous understandably so if you're one that does not like flying that's a very stressful situation i'm to like be barbara in. do you want me to do a barrel roll and she's like no <laughs> <laughs> the pilot is just a frog man <laughs> But um, so yeah, apparently she did not like flying. But what a great—I mean, what a fantastic end to that song. So yeah, so that was pretty great. Like I—I I feel like I mean, okay, like I—it's it's already abundantly clear that I have not a lot of knowledge or experience with musical theater or musical <laughs> film, other than the musical genre class that I took with Jacob in, in college. Oh, cool. <laughs> and at the time we were both just like, eh, like well, action movies are kind of musicals. <laughs> like we were just like the worst. And then I was there in like Jedi spirit form shaking my head no at both of you. <laughs> yeah. We were just like the worst, most like stereotypical like <laughs> That's a cool class. Yeah, it's just 
But yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool, and I appreciate it in hindsight because we watched some. I don't know. I think we watched uh, what Top Hat in there. Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Top Hat. Uh huh. And some like Busby Busby Berkeley. Yes. Like yes. That. Oh, um, so classic. And all all yeah, important to so, history too, which is cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. So it was cool that I, I did that. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, yes. I know nothing about musicals <laughs> is what my point was. That's okay. And uh, none of this, that's like one of the only parts in the movie where I like kind of perked up. And it's just like, oh, like this is this is kind of crazy that they're doing something as visually interesting. Right. Although some of the sets I thought were pretty, pretty cool. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. um, uh, I'm trying to find the song because I forget the name of like literally every song in here. Mm. But there's the one where she is like, it's very triangular, the set. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to figure I thought out you were which song talk that was. About the one where she's doing, when the cat when like her the show um what's it called whimsical puzzle world or the crazy quilt or something it's called crazy quilt oh crazy quilt and, yeah and she's doing like the song like her like all white suit but she's like t- kind of like being like showman dancing on top of like the cigarette of a the flapper girl yes. which I, I liked a lot yeah that part's cool <laughs> and and the whole show is just falling apart yeah everything's just breaking yeah that was great yeah there's. There's a lot of sets in this, a lot of set pieces, mm-hmm. and uh, especially in that montage of everything falling apart. I'm like, wow, some of this stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like that one in particular felt like this is completely backwards, but it, it felt like Aladdin yeah. <laughs> with the genie and everything. Yeah, it did. Yes. The giant set pieces. Oh, absolutely. It's um, Herbert Ross uh, directed, yes, Herbert Ross directed the film, and he directed a ton of um Broadway musicals that that were very successful so that was that was cool to see um him direct this film and and um yeah it was just really cool really cool to see I think he was a choreographer on Funny Girl too yes yes Mm. you're right yeah he was a he was a director choreographer actually he directed or choreographed a lot of huge Broadway hits um that actually I didn't know about I was like oh I had no idea that he that he was on the creative team for that originally, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's that's gosh, that's such a, that's such a good question. Full circle, like, where does this <laughs> movie musical stand in all of the musicals that have been made, or especially iconic movie musicals? Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of it's one that's just it's good to see, and you know, especially just to see the the time period and um, style as well to. Um, yeah, you, it's it's a it's an interesting one. <laughs> do we feel like this puts a satisfying cap on the life of Fanny Bryce? Like, are you guys okay with the ending of this movie? Because I was still like, mm. I, I don't, I don't know. I was like, is, are we going to get another one now at some point in Barbara Streisand's <laughs> life? That's right. Godfather Part Three, right. yeah, exactly. A Godfather Part Three esque type deal. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was fine with the ending, but I was also like a little. <laughs> At that point, just kind of tuned down. Like, okay, they're old now. This old old makeup looks pretty good. Right. Like, still looks better. Still looks better than Prometheus. <laughs> like, basically, any old makeup looks better than the old makeup in Prometheus. But, There's a line I literally um, have. I my, in my notes it just says they are old now. They're old now. Yep. Yeah. I. And she keeps calling him kid. Yeah, I hate that so much. He was an older man when she first met him, and he's an oldest man in the last bit. <laughs> Yeah, but he like sucked. So he did. It's cool. He did. Power play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, belittling him every chance she got, and he was abusive <laughs> and horrific. 
I do love how the movie starts and ends with just her eyes. And it's like, that's mm. the same thing that we see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, I, yeah. I think that. I do. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just, I like the beginning and the end of, of the movie where it's like the stage lights and everything, mm-hmm. like kind of uh, fading in and out with scenes from the first movie yeah. in the beginning. And then it goes, and it's like a full close up on yeah. her both ways. Just exactly like you were saying. But I did like that a lot. I gave a little bit of fanfare. Yes. Totally. A bit I like a lot in this where is when I, I don't know what the song is and I have no really memory of any lyrics, but it's, I think it's right after she finds out that Nikki Ornstein is married and she goes on stage and she like slaps like one of like the floodlights yes. above her and she's singing it just kind of like it's like kind of swinging and she goes into the dark into the light again. I'm like, that's really cool. I like that. <laughs> that's I think that's my favorite number from the musical. It's like totally mm. like her Mama Rose moment at the end of Gypsy and... I think I think my favorite parts of the film were the moments of just Barbara and having yeah. that showstopper song that's such a great, you know, 11 o'clock number moment of, mm-hmm. like, I'm taking back my life moment. And <laughs> Yeah, she's kind of scary so during that song, too. Like She's like, yeah, at one point I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't like, sure if this was like, if it marked like a downward spiral for her or, right. like, or is this like your power ascension? <laughs> Right, right. It's oh, it's so it's so good. <clears throat> yeah, she kind of starts starts this movie like it's called Funny Lady, but I think it's mostly just like a name only because she's very like it's a different part in her life and that's interesting. Yeah. But she's very much like oh, like I've got it all, and if anything, things are going downhill a little mm-hmm. bit because right. I guess it's the '30s and it's a recession. But she's right, just like right, not as like like at the beginning. I like I like I like the first half of Funny Girl a lot yeah. and especially like the first third and I feel like the middle parts like a little slow it's and then Yeah, it's a little slow. But overall I like I like that like the structure of that movie. Right. Um better, but yeah, she is actually just like she's actually um awkward and goofy and like that's the whole thing is yeah. like everyone thinks she's really funny like I mean she is naturally funny mm-hmm. but it's all kind of on accident. Right. Yeah, right at the same time but this one she's very just like very po- poised and like mm-hmm. rich and has lavish co- outfits and stuff like right. it's it feels very so. obvious in this one that funny is her defense mechanism before anything else sure. like when she is she, jealous she yeah. deflects to being funny when she is angry she deflects to being funny so it's in lieu of showing yeah. yeah in lieu of showing any real emotion she chooses to be funny instead right until she has those moments of breaking out in song where she's like, I'm, I'm going to tell you like it is. Yes, and then <laughs> that's when the emotion comes out of her for real. Right, like, right. Like when uh, her and like and towards the end of the movie where she gets jealous of Billy's, is that his name? Yeah, his name is Billy. Yep. Billy's new girl, the, 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 the carp as she keeps calling her. And oh, yes. And she like dives into the water as like a weird <laughs> child costume, and Billy laughs. I'm like, I'd be so embarrassed. Like, I'd just be like putting my hand in my palm, of my hand. Like, that's all he should have been the bit with him, just being like, "Oh man, this is this is really upsetting." Like, he he knows right. her, and he even says like, "I know you. I know why you do this. You tried really hard to make right. me laugh to like distract me from the situation, and you were feeling this way." I want you to need me and you've never said you needed me. So what's going on? Right. Exactly. That was like the one bit with Billy. I liked her up where I was like, he's right. Like she has never said that she needs him or wants him around. He's just kind of been there. And she's like, yeah, you're here. Why not? He's like, but do you need me? Do you want me? And she's like, yes, I want you for some reason. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like that. Um, <laughs> he's also just like very needy in a way that's like emotionally manipulative. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, probably one of my favorite scenes. I This is jumping ahead because, well, we should. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is just when they're in the in the train. Mm-hmm. And everything, yeah, and right he's just like they're just arguing a lot, mm-hmm. and just like this is way too much. Like he's just screaming. Yeah. It's it's not it's not like endearing argument where it's sort of like oh he's an old kerfuffle and they and they argue and that's how they kind of like play and flirt. It's like this man is going to hit you and this marriage is going bad. Yeah, it's, that's where their relationship takes a turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like oh, like it's and appa- even in like apparently it's. <laughs> Go ahead, Tyler. We have a podcast. We do. <laughs> you go ahead. Okay. I was, it's it's reminding me of in funny and not funny girl in My Fair Lady with uh what's his name Carlin yes. the, the angry man Prof- where <laughs> Professor Higgins yeah Professor Higgins yeah right with Professor Higgins and Eliza relationship where although he is very mean to her also in my opinion like there's a little bit of endearment there somewhere where he's never like outwardly violent he's more like snooty right it, it, and he's more like a fraser-esque kind of vibe than totally, this guy yeah totally totally and there's yeah there's that that underlying you know tension between them because they're falling in love with each other and mm-hmm. you know and oh it's so and this whole this whole movie is like the essay about barbara saying like is it better to just love someone because they're just kind of there? Is passion right. actually bad? And she even sings a song about that. And I was like, no, this is bad. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Beautiful, Carlin, as always. But Isn't it better? Yeah, she sings, isn't, yeah. isn't it better? And, and yeah, and that I, that's a, such a great song to kind of compare her last relationship and her mm-hmm. last marriage to this one and that convincing her, convincing yourself of, yeah, this is better, you know, trying to convince yourself that yes this is better when she knows that this is this is not better and i this i don't know where this is gonna go yeah like, it's fine she's like you know it's fine i don't like pa- i'm not passionate about like it was about nick but it's just it's fine even, yeah even his proposal is just like well i gotta get out of here what are oh, you gonna say totally. it's like oh my and god this no. sucks <laughs> this really sucks just say no and then after that her friend's like oh like what what was the reason or whatever? And she's like, I fell in like with him. Mm, yeah. As I said at the beginning. But um, yeah, it's just like, what? like why are you, what are you doing? Like, don't just be with someone to be with someone. Like they just right. really don't like right. she may, or uh, Billy Rose makes um, Nikki Arnstein seem like a real stand up yeah. guy. Cause like, yeah, it's so interesting. He, he had a gambling addiction, but I feel like he's still like a good person. Yeah. Like I was happy to see Nikki Arnstein when he was there in the crowd. I was like, Nikki Arnstein. <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, right. let's turn this thing around." Yeah, and one of the things that I that really stuck out to me in this movie is just like, you know, I can't really remember any of the songs like we've been saying, but like just when she goes in her head, like Nikki Arnstein yes. in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, "Yeah, this is like one of the most memorable things," and it's not even really in this movie. It's he kind of just shows up as like a cameo, yeah, yeah right, to- like totally like a little, like yeah, a little, a little bit more than a cameo, like a couple. Couple scenes here and there. I'm right. glad they had him in this in the sequel, as opposed to like just flashback shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen at first. I'm like, oh, this is better. Like, I'm glad they were able to bring him I'm, back, bring Omar Sharif. I'm back. truly bummed out they at, didn't at some point cast like an older ish like version of Fran. Franny is the name of her daughter, right? Like Fanny yes. and Franny. 
She's like not even um, in it, right? Yeah, she's yeah, like, like not it. there. She's in she's in a polo scene once, and because the whole argument, yeah. Oh, she's in the polo yeah. scene. Yeah. The whole argument with with Nikki, where it's just like you're not even asking how right. like how your daughter yeah. is. I'm like, oh, I forgot they had a uh-huh. daughter. This movie's not really doing itself any justice. Know, like, you know, like, what? Where is her daughter when she is? Yeah. Tra- traveling. And... Yeah, if we're talking about parental neglect, it's like Barbara. You can't really <laughs> throw that at Nick because you're doing it every single day. It seems like. <laughs> It's just, yeah, the movie doesn't really even make you think about her daughter. So, like, the, having yeah. a whole scene about them arguing about that just seems like kind of a waste of time. Right, right. I don't know. Like, I get what they mean to do emotionally, but, like, it nothing happened. Like, you know, yeah. it's not earned, it's I guess. kind of a plot hole in a way. Yeah, it'd be different if Fran was, like, there and I knew her. And even if she was older and, like, a teenager, I'd like some new breakout star to be in this movie to, and actually sing a right. fun song. Yeah, It'd probably be point. great and have her sing about, like, hey... My mom's over here. My dad's over there. It'd be great if Funny Lady was actually just about Fran growing up with right. her two parents always gone and her living her life. Right. <laughs> that actually would be really cool. Or like maybe yeah. that's maybe that's the the next movie, Ooh, the third there we go. installment of the Funny Lady, the Funny Girl franchise. <laughs> yes, but we just call it a f- Funny Tween. No, <laughs> she's too old right. for that. Barbara's too old for her daughter to be a tween. But she does uh, say at the end that she's that Fran is all grown up and she's married. So it's like, that's like, that's a whole, that would be cool to, that could totally be a part of the next installment of the story. And, and then we find out, you know, if Fanny goes back to the stage or not, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So one yeah, last yeah. time as she's dying of some internal disease that only oh, Barbara no. has. <laughs> no. She don't know. This feels dead. like, yeah, it feels kind of like a postscripty kind of movie to the first movie, yeah. which I don't necessarily mind. Like, I like movies like that sometimes, kind of trying to think of some other ones, but like T2 Train Spotting, I like a lot. And that kind of just feels like it's not like a full on, like, it's not a sequel that Empire Strikes Back is a sequel to a New Hope, you know? <laughs> right. It's it's very much like, oh, we're going to catch up with these characters like tw- uh, at least 20 years yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. So I like it when things like that, and it's kind of just like looking at people. When they're older, I guess, you know, Bill and Ted face the music. That's mm-hmm. less of a postscript. It's just looking at characters that when they're older. Yeah. So that's not a great example. But, you know, there's some other ones. <laughs> I'll come back to mine. But I, I don't necessarily mind that as an idea, as a concept. But it feels so slight that I'm like, okay, like, she's just in a worse relationship. And, like, right, yeah. she's also, like, not having a good time this whole time. Like, yeah. I, the set design is really great. And the costumes, yes. I think, are really great. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the costumes by Bob Mackie are so beautiful. Oh my gosh, they're just gorgeous. Like all of, especially her costumes are so, so good, so gorgeous. Yeah, because I actually looked up like, okay, like I, I try to pay more attention to costumes nowadays and stuff. Um, and it's like, okay, like these are definitely easily noticeable. Like they're really cool. Yeah. And I looked it up, and I didn't realize like who Bob Mackie was, and he yeah. did like basically all of. Like, I looked up on IMDb, and it's like, he's known for Rocket Man. I'm like, what? And it's like, oh, <laughs> yes. original costume. So he actually made, like, the original costumes for Elton John in the 70s yep. and Ooh. stuff. And, so. and Cher. It's like, yep. uh, okay. Yeah, that's really cool. It's like, those are, like, some of the best, like, <laughs> costumes ever. Especially oh, with Elton John and everything. So, yeah, they're so, oh, gosh. Statement pieces, like I should say. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Very statement pieces. Guess, statement pieces, but so, but just designed so beautifully as well too. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's like there's and 
usually you can tell when it's a Bob Mackie design. It's really they're really cool. Uh, very extravagant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, that's a good word to use too. Very extravagant. So I mean, it's considering how this movie's not as highly regarded as Funny Girl. It had a lot of like huge, hugely regarded like names, like in the creative team and in production and. Yeah. And mm-hmm. stars as well too. So it's it's just one of those where it was just kind of a, it was going to be a hit or miss, and um, you know people remember Funny Girl more probably for more you know more iconic songs and mm-hmm. um, story as well too. But yeah, it's just one of those where it's you know it's not it just it's it's there and it's but it's it's good to see and like I I like Connery when you when you asked me to joined the podcast and he said we're going to be focusing on funny lady i it it totally made me go in a good way i'm like funny lady i was like oh my gosh like <laughs> that's what we do here i love it yeah. i went oh my gosh like what a like what a great opportunity to talk about a movie that doesn't get talked about very often it's true and it was it was great to watch it again yeah that's like my whole personal mo like unintentionally where Love it. I mean, that's what I like about covering franchises is that like, okay, let's cover this third movie in a franchise that like nobody really talks about. Let's yeah. see if there's anything good in that. And right. usually there's not. If everybody says it's not good, that's <laughs> kind of for a reason. But mm-hmm. I also, that's also why I watch a lot of just like, like cinematic refuse on Amazon, <laughs> like in terms of like, hey, let me watch all these B movies from the 70s or 80s that like totally. are very yes. genre-y and like not good, but like I like Love the it. ideas of them. Love it. Which actually, that leads to my next question, which we talked about before we started recording. But Ooh. what what made you guys choose Funny Lady of all of all of the franchises and films? So I'm so curious what in <laughs> of all of them, Connell. <laughs> what, what inspired you guys? Face. Star Wars, Marvel. What a range! Our schedule is very. It's both wishy-washy and at the same time very set in stone. I feel like it's more like at the whim of Tyler where he says here is what he lays me out a slate and it says like you can pick something here but like the new movies are coming out this day and this date for this franchise right. so we should do these. And I'm like, "Yes, Great. I agree." But it was Valentine's Day coming up and me and Tyler were kind of scratching our heads as we were like, oh, yeah. "What's a good romance movie that's two parts?" because we're like, "Well, we mm. could do um what's it called? Star is Born," but they're like four or five star is borns so we'd be like that's too long compared to like because we want it plus our remake so it's like it's the same base story yeah right and over and over again and then we want to hit like our other franchise later in the month like be in time with with the new movie coming out and i was like i i took a long scratch on my head and i was like i just saw funny girl for the first time with grayson and mom and i was like Funny Girl. We could do Funny Girl because that's a romance. Uh-huh. It's a tragic romance, but then it also has a sequel, so we can just do a two-parter of that. I was like, I've never seen either, and I was like, perfect. You get perfect. to watch a 1960s musical, one of my favorite kinds of things, and yes. Funny Lady I know nothing about, so let's do that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. That makes so much sense, and that, that that's that's awesome. It's great. I think it's a, that's a perfect Valentine's Day theme movie yes. to talk about. That's so awesome. I love it. Yay. And so here we Yeah, are. I kind of realized, I mean, we're almost a year into this podcast, and I kind of realized like the first quarter of the year, there's not as many franchises coming out. Mm-hmm. And also with 
with all the COVID stuff, it's just been a huge mess. Like last year, basically, not a whole lot came out. And then we've changed our schedule like several times yeah. in the past month because <laughs> things were suddenly announced and mm-hmm. everything's coming out sooner than expected. Right. And then sometimes some of them aren't coming out like at all. So it's just like I can plan for something coming out, but who knows if that just changes again. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Or if um, it gets stalled or delayed again. Yeah. No, it, it all makes sense. I'm, I'm not I'm not. I'm not bashing you at all, Tyler. We're we're dealing with very uh, fluctuating times with our franchises and movie releases. Right, right. That's good. Adapting to, adapting to the times. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, if you're at this point in the funny lady episode, <laughs> you get a special Easter egg. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just saying in terms of like it, for being like a franchise movie podcast, it is definitely like ex- unexpected. To be covering these movies, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm glad we did, even though like I, and I I'm definitely Me not too. done talking about this movie. I have more to 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 talk about and ask questions about. Cool. But like, even though I didn't really enjoy this one, I'm still like it still has its place in some weird ways, mm-hmm. you know, right. in terms of everything. And you still so. love and you love Funny Girl. You enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the first third a lot. Someday. Someday I'll convince you to watch Camelot, even though it's like three and a half hours long. Only if we watch Excalibur, because that movie is freaking weird. I've I've seen that with you. Yes. You showed that to me in college, but I'd watch it again because I don't really have much of a memory. No, that's Dragon Slayer. You you always get confused with Dragon Slayer, which is just the only resemblance is that they're both from the 80s, I think. Right. Okay, cool. (laughs) So I'll I'll watch Excalibur and then we'll do like a double feature day and we'll both be like, uh... I love it. You know, it's a good double feature day. What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Watching one Snyder cut. Um, <laughs> uh, I just want to talk about the cinematographer because we're talking about like the behind the scenes talent, um, non actors, mm-hmm. you'd say. But um, because yeah, it's like much of, like the costume design and set design. Like I don't know. Like I think this the cinematography in this movie is like very good. Like. I, uh, it it's a very good looking movie, yeah. but this is the last movie that um James Wong Howe shot, and he's like a legendary cinematographer. Oh, cool. He just was around since the twenties, wow. and um Ray Stark, the producer, actually like begged him to shoot this movie. Wow, because they weren't happy with the producers weren't happy with the original DP's work, mm. and the original DP was uh, Vilma Sigmund, who shot a lot of Steven Spielberg's early stuff, and like McCabe and Miss Miller. That's really cool. Um, Deliverance, <laughs> but they're like, oh, we don't like how he's shooting because he was like trying to be too period accurate, apparently, oh. and they didn't like that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, James Long Howe was like retired, and the producer like begged him to come back on, and he was like, he'd been retired for five years. This last movie he made, and he like died the next year. Oh. So it's like, wow. He actually like got sick during the filming of this movie. Mm-hmm. And had to go to the hospital, and then came back. It's just like, uh, I, I don't know. It just kind of stinks. Like if, but like I get like they just really wanted this to be like a huge production kind of right. thing. But that's a great. It's got to be movie. like a weird call. But yeah, he's nominated for ten Oscars, and he's Ooh. also like the first. He's also like legitimately like, the, the first like minority cinematographer like inducted into the the ASC, the American Society of Cinematographers. So cool. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't know. I need to see more of his movies basically. Cause it's just kind of like a, a historical figure in terms of cinematography he invented right. a lot of new techniques and everything. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. Like, especially back at that time from the twenties onwards, like, um, just being like, I was actually talking to, cause I, I feel like we recorded the funny girl episode like a little while ago. Yes. Connery. And I think after that, uh, Lily and I had went, went down to, uh, visit her grandma mm-hmm. down like San Diego area. And uh, Lily's grandma's Chinese, and she was asking about what were you? Oh, because I was telling her about Funny Girl because I was talking about Omar Sharif mm-hmm. and everything, and uh, and uh, uh, Doctor Zhivago and stuff mm. like that. Yes. Um, and she was asking. I don't remember why. I was talking about cinematography, and she's like, "Oh, like who was that one guy? Like James Wong Howe? He's like a Chinese cinematographer back in, like the '30s." And she always wondered how. That was. Oh, wow. So it was just interesting how like that conversation came up wow. and then yeah, coincidentally he was he was the TP of this that movie. That's so cool. That is really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's I I just learned so much. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. And, she, and Elise grandma is like ninety, so it's just interesting, you know, talking to someone who is like really like a film lover and like talking about these like older movies and like it's just kind of surprising she knew who he was, but like it makes sense yeah. too, because just in terms of representation. Right, you know, absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. But <laughs> and I looked into like how he got his start and stuff. And it's like he was like a camera assistant on something or a clapper boy as they would say back <laughs> yes, then. Like oh they gosh. had the slate. That is so cool. Um and this is a quote from Wikipedia with Cecil B. DeMille, the film director. <laughs> um <laughs> amused by the sight of the diminutive Asian holding the slate with a large cigar in his mouth, <laughs> DeMille kept how on and launched his career as a camera assistant. So it's just like wow. Tyler, you need okay, a gimmick. Cool. That's it. You <laughs> like, need that a sucks. gimmick. <laughs> yeah, it's like that sucks. It's like, oh, I think that's funny that this like Chinese man has a big cigar, but like having a cool big cigar is also yeah, cool. Like, I don't know. Martin Scorsese. Totally. But yeah. it's just like it's just I mean, it's just <laughs> Weird, but it's very interesting going back and learning these things. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks to Mr. DeMille for totally (laughs) kickstarting his career. Or like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, even if it was based on a little bit of a whim. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A whim of casual racism. Yes, the whim of casual racism. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh, Um, boy. I, I have a little note here that I thought was cool. I, I, Tyler, do you have more stuff for behind the scenes stuff? I don't want to depart from that if you still got more. Um, not really. That was the main thing. It's it just interesting that like both Bill and Sigmund was kicked off, and then mm. and he was James Long How was on there? Um, I don't know. This is just, this is a couple, a year after Godfather Part Two with James Con. Oh wait, no, James Con's dead by that point. In that. He does in the first movie. Yeah. Spoilers for Godfather. I, Sorry. I literally have written my notes that this guy looks yes. like the angry son in the Godfather. And I'm like, yes, it is. It is him. Yes. Sonny. And uh, this came out the same year as Rollerball, which oh. speaking of underwhelming genre movies. We all are big fans of Rollerball. Yeah. Everybody here is a big roller, roller head. <laughs> roller head. <laughs> big ball head. Um, what a time, right? Yeah, and uh, this came out six years before Thief, which is my favorite James Con movie. Oh, cool! And uh, I tweeted James Con while we're recording this oh, and cool. asked him, "Hi, James Con, have you seen this Clone Wars TV show? <gasps> if so, do you like it? Thank you." <laughs> I hope he responds so I hope much. He responds too. That it'll be like the uh, icing on the cake. <laughs> we'll have to like pin that tweet in our on our like Twitter thing forever. 
That's so. Fun. I haven't heard anything back, but Jacob Padilla has liked the tweet. Oh, so perfect! That'll crazy. get to James Con. I know counts. it. Still, counts. Jacob's got connects. Um, I was going to say, although both Nikki Ornstein and Billy are bastards in different ways, I couldn't really knock Nick's style of like departing in such a cool way, where the present he gives. <laughs> Um, Fanny in the end is like a yellow rose pendant, yes. and I was like, "Ah, oh, dang, that's cool. That's like a, it's like it's a gut punch, but goddamn, it's like smooth as all hell to be like, we're done. But here's the yellow rose pendant, like a represent of the yellow roses I give you at the end of every show. Like, wow, she's never gonna wear that unless out of spite for someone. <laughs> very, very sentimental, huh? Hmm. Interesting. I was like, I don't know when you'd wear a brooch given to you by your ex-lover that is something so intimate and special when you're married. <laughs> it, that, it, it's very bold. Very, mm, very, very bold. I was and like, I thought wow. that that was interesting, too, that he gave her that mm-hmm. at the end of her, or at her opening night. Mm-hmm. Yep. With, yeah, with those iconic yellow roses. Yep. Yep. Usually they mean friendship, so I was kinda, it's always surprising when uh, he used them as, like, I love you. I'm like, no, right. no yellow usually means right. friendship. There's a lot of a lot of know. friendship going on. There's, there's a lot of friendship going on. Yes. <laughs> there's too much symbolism with colors. Yeah, yes. too much. So much. There's symbolism. like whole Victorian flower books on meetings. I want to get some of those so I can just like get people flowers for like different circumstances and know what they mean, and people be like completely oblivious. Right. I know. I, I do. I do love to. Finding out the symbolism of especially like flower colors and mm-hmm. what they all mean. But yeah, iconic yellow roses, and mm-hmm. she knew like when when she'd see those flowers that she knew that he was there. Yep, Nikki Ornstein has arrived, yeah. baby. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, I Billy somehow outed himself and made me be like, I miss Nikki Ornstein. He was a cool he was a cool guy, even though he's kind of like a low don low don dirty guy in the end who just wants money. <laughs> right. Oh, another fun fact I that I learned from watching this film. I did not know that Billy Rose wrote um really the like for example, famous song It's Only a Paper Moon. I had no idea that he, he wrote that. He wrote that? I believe I I believe he did. I based off of the film, I think so. Hold on. You know what? What, the, what? I was like that song's been around like in the 1930s. Right. Well, it says lyrics by Yip Harburg and Billy Rose. This he, movie takes place in the 1930s. I, I know, but like, I, but like Billy, <laughs> yeah, no, Billy, he Billy Rose. It. He, I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my wires like the character and the person. Sorry, I was like, what? He was probably a child in the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah. So um, so yeah, he did, he did have a part in writing it. So I didn't know that. That was, I, I was like, whoa, that's cool. I, I literally, that was the one song I knew when they were saying, it's only yeah. a paper moon sailing right. over a cardboard <laughs> sea. Sea. <laughs> there is a, the, this, what I was slightly referring to earlier, um, the outs, like not related to the movie, well, related to the movie, but not in the movie, mm-hmm. is this like ABC special called Funny Girl to Funny Lady, <laughs> and it's just Barbara Streisand and James Caan singing a bunch of the songs from the Oh, that's really cool. From the movie. From both movies, I guess, and he sings the Paper Moon, Paper Moon. song in that wall playing piano. That is really and, cool. uh, and uh, they tell a bunch of jokes that feel very stilted and <laughs> written. Because <laughs> of course they are. Come on, they're being lounge singers. 
they also uh yeah exactly it seems like something at vegas or mm-hmm. something and uh there's also they also show like a four minute compilation of all of their arguments in the movie and i'm like why are you showing this why does how interesting why is this want people to go see this movie don't you wish really you had grating. a love like this right yeah it's how it's really interesting strange. wow uh, what a time what a what a time what a funny girl what a funny lady <laughs> 75, 1975. 1975. Wow. Disco is in full swing, right? Abs- oh, you betcha. <laughs> Frank Drevin was at the club after <laughs> going to his fondue party. Yes. What's your favorite costume? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, that is a good question. I am fond of her. I think she wears kind of like a suit type outfit when she goes to see Billy during like when they're at SeaWorld or something. And... <laughs> And I, I kind of like that outfit a lot. I'm like, she looks kind of, she looks dapper. One of like the rare women where I'm like, she can pull off a suit. That's cool. <laughs> she did have some great suits in that movie. She did. What about you, Carlin? Oh, I know. I'm trying to think of it. Oh, what was my favorite costume? I can't tell. Like, well, I, I kind of like that one very brief scene where she just had the big white sheet and she was like <laughs> stuck in there. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what is this? And then someone else's hand is like coming out of her crotchal region during that moment. Yeah. Oh, it was in one of the musical sequences. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was very. I mean, it's obviously not the best. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I think I loved. It's in the beginning of the movie, and she go. She goes back to Billy's nightclub to tell him that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I'll I'll do your show. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in the purple, like big, the turban and the fur. <laughs> yes, it's, I know exactly just, what you're talking about. Yes, it's just that's just one of many. But some of those Bob, some of those Bob Mackie gowns were mm-hmm. really, really pretty. I yeah. think I actually note that I was like, wow, that is a really, that's a real something to wear <laughs> <laughs> to like this. <laughs> real something to wear. I, I what I love about Barbara Streisand is that. She she always has the longest, most beautiful nails, and she always makes sh- makes sure to highlight those nails when using mm-hmm. her hands in her in her films. Yes, it, like if any movie, especially during that time period, like sixties mm-hmm. and seventies, um, I feel like she's always been known for her beautiful long nails, but but she knows how to use them too. Yes, <laughs> she beckons you. Yes, um, which is not period at all for for 30s and no. and earlier but <laughs> she was like icon- that it's iconic for for babs so it, it's yeah. just, they're so good they're so distracting in a good way <laughs> my my favorite thing is like the time displacement between barbara streisand and the rest of everyone in this movie who i said it in funny girl I'll say it again in this where she is allowed to wear whatever the highest fashion possible is for the current time period she is actually living in. Yep. And everyone else has to be in like the yes. 1930s, 1920s. It's so true. <laughs> She's known for that, I feel like. Yep. Mm. I yep. feel like Yentl, she doesn't really do that, though. She she keeps pretty uh, period yeah. appropriate in Yentl. I think that's one of the she only does. ones she does that. Right. Yeah, no long nails in those. Yeah, maybe maybe Hello Dolly too. I feel like she's pretty she's pretty stays pretty true in Hello Dolly as well. She just kind of wears true. like those fun gowns and it's just yeah. something she's like, "All right." Yeah. That This movie for like a brief glimmer in time made me ask for like 5 seconds like, "Should I take a sweater vest?" Cuz it's like she that? shows up to the rehearsal. She's like wearing her orange outfit uh-huh. and uh there's some guys in the back wearing sweater, sweater vests. I'm like they look kind of good, but then that's—I think that's how that all started again, and it didn't work out. So I don't know, Tyler. <laughs> I feel like 
I feel like you're one of the rare dudes who could pull off a sweater vest. Uh, I think you could do it. it. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't try it, but you could do it if you really, really wanted to. Yeah, just like I can grow a mustache. Well, that just takes time, and one day Lily will roll over, and you'll have a big bushy caterpillar under your nose, and she'll be like, "Ah!" <laughs> I'll have Yosemite Sam mustache. Yeah, right. And, right. and I'll fire my guns into our ceiling, <laughs> and you'll catch that rascally rabbit, and it'll all be great. Yes. Or Charles the Buffalo. I don't know who Charles the Buffalo is. Who's that? He's the, bu- he's the Buffalo. In this oh, one. right. Charles the Buffalo. I- oh, I loved Charles the Buffalo. <laughs> Charles and- the Buffalo came close to being my screensaver on my phone when he is at the beach and like chilling. Yes. I was just going to say Charles <laughs> at the beach. That shot is was so great. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> I guess I missed that part. Oh, it's art, Tyler. <laughs> I need to go back. It's, it's just really good. a shot He's of just him like, at the beach. No dialogue, just just him staring at yeah. the ocean. It's like early oh, morning, man. and he's just like looking out at the ocean. The waves are going by. It's like kind of like un- we're what? under the what dock. The heck? So Send me good. this. I missed it, and I had to rent the movie, and it's not available anywhere. Yeah. And now I'll have to pay four dollars just to see this wonderful <laughs> buffalo hanging out at the ocean. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. I'm not sure if it's worth five dollars, but <laughs> it's it it's great. a great shot. I was I was like, oh shit, this this. I almost took a picture of it to be like, this should be my phone background. And then I was like, nah, I have better stuff. <laughs> it was great. Great moment. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's one of the best bits that Charles is in. Yes. He didn't poop on stage, though, which upset me. I know. Yeah. it just He did or didn't? He, he didn't. did not. He didn't make it. There was oh. chaos ensued. Mm-hmm. And he charged, he charged a bunch of actresses, which is fun. but Right. I just wish he pooped on stage. Like Barbara doing this, she goes, what's this? You pooping? <laughs> Hey, here's a fun fact. Producer Ray Stark was forced to sue Barbara Streisand to make this movie <laughs> after she refused. What? So she said no, and then she was sued into doing it? According to IMDb, yes. Um, she had one film left in her contract with him. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. Me neither. I thought this was like her brainchild. Upon completion of filming, she presented him with a mirror on which she'd written in lipstick, paid in full. Oh my god, she's savage! (laughs) Yeah, I think she is savage. Yeah! I did not Um, know that. I mean, I feel like IMDb is, like, only slightly more factual than Wikipedia. Yeah. Maybe it's not even, but, like, that seems pretty strange. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So there. That's a great... There's that scene... Trivia fact as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. There's a scene with uh, Billy Rose, like basically assaulting her in her uh, makeup room. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Uh, <laughs> and they all just uh, laugh. It's, and it's I was not. Like, yeah. But then uh, I guess, hey, here's another trivia fact with that. <laughs> it's just though. another grim th- trivia that... fact. Is this one fun? Here's a grim trivia fact. <laughs> like Barbara Streisand thought that like that the the powder the talcum powder would be like poisonous if it got in her lungs. Oh my god! So she didn't. So she didn't want. Uh, James Conn to throw any on her mm-hmm. and he promised he wouldn't and then in the moment he threw a bunch on her <laughs> and then they thought it was really funny and I'm like okay yeah. I'm glad she didn't freak out because she thought it was poisoning her lungs mm-hmm. like that's kind of that's pretty valid and James Conn's like oh I'll just do it I'm just gonna do it anyway <laughs> like, cool. thanks. thanks dude Ruthless. I really appreciate that oh, I'll Ruthless just James do it. <laughs> wow oh well, my gosh how, how fun for him Man, this this movie ends really 
sad. Like, I don't know. I felt really hollow at the end of all of this where like he cheats on her. You didn't feel shallow. I I didn't feel shallow. I felt hollow. <laughs> hollow. Yeah. Where he he cheats on her and they're sitting at the train station and he's just like, I don't know, like she's like do you love her like what's going on like right. I, I i even then she's like absolving him of all guilt of the situation which i was like wrong what are you doing but and then she's like do you love her he's like eh, i don't know it's like i don't know maybe maybe she loves me i don't know yeah. she calls she calls me nick and or not nick she calls me she calls me billy instead oh, of kid right and he says i'm or i'm, I'm billy to her or she's my Nick or something, or like I'm her Nick. I'm her Nick, I think. I'm 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 her Nick, and she calls yeah, she calls me Nick, something like that, or yeah, whatever. And that, that I was, was like, really interesting. Ah, it's just such a bummer. And then at the end, she's just like, "Well, I guess that's that." Then and, and it's I'll just see you in court, kid. Yeah, I'll see you in court, kid. And I was like, "Jeez, Louise, like you can't catch a break, Fanny. Just no. stop dating these awful men <laughs> who are going to torpedo your life." I know, I think as an audience member, you, that's what you want to say to her. It's like, stop, just, just you know, run away from all of these awful men that, you know, you deserve better, you, or you, you deserve to be treated the best. Yeah, like, date, date and, anybody yeah. else. Anybody else. Not a gambler con man or right. a hustler who would trade you away for 50 cents. Right. I wonder if she was more in love with the idea of being with someone that was a huge name and and rich and mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting someone yeah. equal to her where nick was never truly her right. equal in that sense yeah so it's definitely an opposite in that way totally totally yeah i know the ending kind of there's so many unanswered questions it's like mm -hmm. wait wait i want to like i want to find out does she go back to the stage you know what what does she do yeah I just so. feel like the main thing of this movie is it's all about money in, in this movie where everything kind of revolves around money. Money mm -hmm. is talked about a whole lot. In the 1930s, I understand because I'm like, that's a big thing. Right. Everybody's trying to survive. But as the movie keeps going, yeah. money is like just the central thing of like every conversation. It feels like just money, 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 yep. money. There's a whole song about money, isn't there? <sighs> I think I I don't even recall Tyler like like I, isn't that like the weird duet kind of thing like at the rehearsal where it's like in their heads yes. and he's singing out loud yes, and she's okay. singing a different song and it's I like her and, and then they try yeah. to they try to do that in the TV special and it sounds pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like these do not go I have together. To watch this TV special now. Yeah, yeah. There's like 20 minutes of it on YouTube. Oh, wow. You can find like a taping of it. Mm. It's like 60 minutes long, I think the whole thing. But I could only find 20 minutes. Yeah. But it's on YouTube. But yeah, it, I was just so bummed that whereas I think Funny Girl, the resolution of that is like love, but be careful who you love. And right. then this movie is like, I don't know, if they have money, go for it and you can have a fine life. And it's just it's whatever in the end. Nothing really matters as long as you have money. Mm -hmm. She definitely just gets married because to get with someone i guess i don't know mm -hmm. it just does not right. feel like they really love it each other and huge. he's just like he's a he he's a huge jerk mm -hmm. it's kind of the they married out of the convenience of it you know mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely right. he's just like why aren't you using the bathroom i'm using the bathroom the whole time on this train <laughs> i'm always using, using the, the bathroom it's like it's like that's <laughs> not the can. that's right. not her problem dude right she doesn't want to go poop in front of you she's not ready to reveal that intimacy to you 
She's not ready yet, no. <laughs> she has to lemon her elbows first. Not her elbows, then her knees, and then her feet. That's right. Was it with lemons? Yeah, she was using lemons. That's what it looked like, at least in one bit. Yeah. Wait, using lemons for what? She, she was... She was like yeah, rubbing she... lemons on her elbows and her knees and then her feet. Why? She's like, I do it every night. Mm -hmm. was, it, was it like a moisturizing cream? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's another weird bit where I didn't fully understand what was happening. I thought you could actually reveal some of that, Carlin, if, if lemons did something. <laughs> I, I thought I saw, like, in the shot. It's, it's an old musical trade. trade. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Lemons. But it's in the beginning of the train scene, when they're in the train, um, of that, that big scene. And she's, you know, she's sitting down in her nightgown, and she's moisturizing her feet and then her elbows. Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought I saw lemons, though. Maybe they are, because she's using with lemons. She's using, she has, like, a whole half lemon, and she's rubbing it against her elbow. Maybe I, it must be some trick. It must be some moisturizing trick. <laughs> it's gonna be so sticky and gross. I know. Very acidic. <laughs> very, very acidic. The only moisturizer they had back there then was like asbestos and arsenic <laughs> or something. <laughs> Cocaine. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow. I feel like we talked about so much about this movie. Do you guys have anything else? Any final notes? Shall we go through that, Tyler? What do you think? I'm just going to bring up that Ray Agayan Ag was also the costume designer on this, mm -hmm. along with Bob Mackie. And he worked on, mostly in movies, on things like Lady Sings the Blues and In Like Flint. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I figured I'd just bring that up in case anybody listening to this is just like, you forgot Ray again. <laughs> Bob Mackie wasn't the only costume person. I know this and you don't. <laughs> what kind of podcast is this? Yeah, and then I'm they... glad we covered Ray. Well, we got Ray. So there. And the costume for Great Day, the Great Day number took nearly 150 man hours of tailoring and beading. Woo! That was my sec that, that was also my favorite costume as well, because it just you could tell that that was an expensive costume with all the beading. Mm. That I did love, yeah. That's a good. That point. would. Uh, oh yeah, that costume. Yeah, that is really great. And I can't imagine being in the position of if something on that like rips oh during, <laughs> while you're playing, while you're while you're filming the movie. It's just like, what what do you even do? No wonder Hide. they didn't have her move much in that in that song. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's totally. Like, it's like that's don't. an expensive dress. <laughs> <laughs> don't break anything. Final final thoughts of, of this of this film. I think it's. I'm glad we've talked about it because it, mm -hmm. I learned so much about this movie that is not usually covered <laughs> because of um, it's just of it's just not one of those movies that had a long lasting you know popularity or um, I guess, or maybe appeal or charm to it more than mm -hmm. Funny Girl. Um, and, and maybe Funny Girl was more popular because it was also a stage musical as well, too. But I'm so glad we've talked about this because, gosh, I've learned so much about something that I I maybe would not have delved more into. So this was so cool. Like, like why not? Like, it's cool to learn yeah. about those films that don't get much recognition, especially anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but played an iconic role in in film and also in her career as well and um yeah it's it's so it's still it still plays a huge role in the history of film and especially Barbara Streisand's career but mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's just kind of not very well known. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Tyler, final yeah, notes? Yeah, I, I didn't really, like, I still say I didn't really enjoy this movie as, like, entertainment, mm-hmm. but I still really appreciated, like, it's definitely a movie that, like, just didn't really work, I think, or hit emotionally, but there's so much, you can tell there's so much, like, craftsmanship and work put into this movie, like, we're saying all the people behind the scenes, from cinematography to costumes to, I mean, the performance is, like, like it seems like Barbara Streisand is trying to, you know, <laughs> sing to her, the best of her ability <laughs> and everything. Like, she's she sounds really great, oh, yeah. you know? Uh, and just, like, it seems like there's a lot of effort involved in trying to make this a big thing. Yeah. And even though I don't really like the movie all that much, like, I'm still glad it made money at the box office and it wasn't a bomb because you can, say, like, tell how many, like, craftspeople were behind this movie and just that alone, like, it looks really good. The sets are really good. The costumes are really good. Right. Um, it's just, I feel like maybe the script, they should have tried to cut it down before shooting or something like that. And because, like, it doesn't really have a strong emotional effect on me at any point, really. Um, and I know they shot even more than this and cut it out, but it's just right. like, like, the first one's kind of an epic thing, and then this one's like, well, we have to make this thing an epic thing. It's like, yeah, you can make it slider, <laughs> and it's still, it's still good. Like, you just, you need to make it entertaining a little bit, you know, at points. Like, and it is sometimes, but not enough, like... Like, I like it when she's singing into playing. That's cool. But, like, I'm just kind of, like, out of it most of the time until I see something really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the scene where she's talking to Billy over the telephone between the two man, <laughs> between the manager. Yeah, oh, that's cool. yes, I like that, that scene great. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. But, like, there's not enough, like, glue to keep everything together. It's just right. like, oh, I like parts of this, like, popsicle house. But, like, it still looks like right. crap. Like, I mean, <laughs> the movie doesn't look like crap. But you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's, like, not a well-put-together house. But there's definitely beauty in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I wonder if there if there were more songs in it to keep the momentum going a little bit more. I agree. If that would have um, had any effect or any, um, if that would have made a difference, maybe. Yeah, we yeah. I t- probably I touched on this earlier, but I feel like the movie changed formats almost with its song, musical song wise, because mm-hmm. we talked about this earlier again, but. It's very performative. This one. they sing when they are doing a musical number and right. for like their shows, and that's it. Whereas Funny Girl, they sing when their emotions compel them to sing, which I is the yep. format I always prefer to rather than that's true. We're, we're singing because we have to sing. Yes, and as a result, I feel like we get songs that are just kind of stilted. Like they're what's what's the point it, it means nothing to me because they're just singing a song that's in their rinky dink show it has no right. real like <laughs> heart to it there's no, nothing anybody's right. really like coming from where people need people is extremely memorable and don't mm-hmm. rain on my parade is really memorable because they're all coming from this like intense emotional place in these characters right, right. but uh this movie like i said it's just there's there's one or two songs where i think we're Fanny actually sings from her heart and yeah both those songs are really lackluster where the motivation to me is just seems kind of empty where she mm. finds out Nick is not coming back to her and he's married she sings a song about not needing anybody and how she's fine alone and right. I'm like well okay it's a little bit bummer I guess my own final thoughts on this movie would be I really wish this was a more intimate piece and not super like what Tyler's talking not super big and like mm. 
giant, but just small and intimate about a person who's trying to find love in a place where she's obviously very insecure about at this point because the man she loved left her. Yeah. And I would have liked her daughter to be probably more involved and more be more like, Fanny Bryce, can she be on the stage and find love? And I would would have liked the answer in the end of the movie to be yes, instead of this movie's firm foot down saying no. A woman cannot have a successful career and have love. Right, right. That's what I mean about it being like a postscript kind of movie too. It's like there's probably an expectation to have all these big things in this movie. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like they burn through a lot of stuff in that like, especially in that montage yeah. where they're showing everything falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like there's that dance sequence, like everyone's dressed in purple. There's the guy in the big, uh, or sorry, in pink. Yes. It, that guy's dressed in the pink sec- sequined tuxedo. Uh, yeah, tuxedo and like all that stuff looks really cool and dazzling. There's like the steamboat mm-hmm. yes. uh, song. Right. And it's like all that happens in like under five minutes. Yeah. It feels like at least, and it's just like that in. probably costs so much mm-hmm. money to put all that stuff together. It's really cool, right. but like it doesn't like that's great. That that that's cool to look at, but. Just focus on the characters first because that's what we're here mm-hmm. for. And it's like, just cut the budget and make it more about her personally. And it's like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, just find ways to make it interesting first instead of working downwards from like spending a lot of money on big set pieces and then trying to find the story. Right. I don't know. Exactly. So. Agreed. Well, I guess on that note, I think we've wrapped up our time in the wonderful world of Funny Girl Lady. Yay. <laughs> Funny Girl Lady. <laughs> And uh, as Dick Cavett said in the TV special, <laughs> the third movie would be Funny Old Croc. <laughs> and then Barbara goes, it's Funny Grandma. It's Funny, it's grandma. funny grandma Dick. It's Funny Grandma Dick. And she starts singing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm so glad we've covered this movie. And I am... I am too, and like I, while I was watching it, at certain points, I'm like, "What? Like, I hope this isn't too bad." But I'm just like, "What am I doing right now? Like, I'm not enjoying this. Why am I watching this? Because why not? Exactly. It's a why not." But I'm ultimately glad that we talked about it. I got way more enjoyment out of talking about it, like dissecting it. Yeah, me too. The things that don't work, I think, are still very interesting to talk about. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Carlin, thank you so much for coming on. You are, as always, a wonderful guest, wonderful, wonderful person to have on. You are my most articulate friend. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, this has been so (laughs) much fun. Thank you, Connery. Thank you, Tyler. We, gosh, we covered, we covered it all. We really did. Uh, Have we talked more about Funny Lady than anybody else has ever? (laughs) Yes. I think so. I I think that's what I love about that is I think this is the most... (laughs) coverage in 2021 that funny lady will ever receive and i am very honored to be a part of that in the year 2021 (laughs) (laughs) the best podcast episode on funny lady we'll hold ourselves to it it. (laughs) tyler would you like to announce our our next franchise coming up yeah our next franchise is i'm not even gonna pull out the trash can this time (laughs) (laughs) it's a little one-off on Dark Crystal, because we have a little weak gap. Um, so we're going to do a little one-up on the Dark Crystal movie, yeah. because now it's a franchise, because they made a TV show, mm-hmm. prequel, like, what, 30 years later? Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, we'll circle back around maybe to that at some point, but we're just sticking to movies, mm-hmm. so 
Um, you'll, I think you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of that yeah. if you've seen Dark Crystal or not. I'd never seen it before, and I, yeah, that's another thing that I just had never gotten <laughs> around to, and Connery had seen like 8,000 times, so. We grew up with that It's movie. always good to do that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Go and listen to that, everybody, next weekend. And then after that, we're doing the new Legendary Godzilla franchise, <laughs> which, you know, because of uh, Godzilla vs. Kong coming out, which was supposed to come out in May, now it's coming out in March, so. Yeah. We're starting that. We're hustling. Uh, so it starts with 2014's Godzilla. And uh, so stay tuned for all that goodness. Coming up. Soon. Coming up. Yeah. Carla Cassiano, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything to plug? Oh, anything to plug. Full circle. If you're looking for something to watch, there's so many things to view streaming on Disney+. Plus. There's Ooh. so many awesome things. <laughs> <laughs> I, Check out this little indie startup called Disney and they're streaming now called Disney Plus. You know, I, I don't have anything new to plug, but this was so awesome to be a part of your podcast for tonight. And just thank you so much. Thank and you. I, I hope to join you guys again sometime in the future. That'd be so cool. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you don't have to do a musical if you don't no, want absolutely. to, but we'll definitely, we'll reach out to you for musicals. Love it. I um, love it all. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Connery. What? Uh, <laughs> what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice and you also enjoy tabletop role-playing games, you'll probably enjoy the podcast Starship Impala, starring me and four other amazing guests, two of which have been on this show already. The other two we still need to get on. But, yeah, we play the Starfinder RPG. You can find it on Spotify. Not Spotify. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm butchering this one. You can find it on... <laughs> I butchered the intro. Yeah, so I'll, I'll butcher the outro. <laughs> <laughs> you can find it... Ah, uh, much like Funny Lady itself. It has perfect symmetry. Yes. <laughs> soundcloud and the apple podcast app tyler what do you have to plug my dude who's who's on there that hasn't been on here jose um jose has yet to be on tally has yet to be on and justin have yet to be uh, on so we need to bag those three to be honest to, ju- we need to bag them and tag, bag them. And that's tag what we say about our friends <laughs> sorry we need to have them on especially jose he's been like when do i get to be on when are you guys gonna do something i actually can be on this is how we get people on the podcast. We have a very large net. <laughs> and we bag and tag. <laughs> um, what do I have to plug? Uh, follow me on Instagram at Vice and on Twitter there. And uh, you can see if James Kahn ever feeded me back <laughs> about whether he likes the Clone Wars TV show. Uh, follow us at the franchise podcast at gmail.com. Rather, don't follow us there, but email us things. Yes. If you have questions, you want us to follow a certain franchise... But you can follow us at on Twitter at FranchisePod, uh, at Instagram at FranchisePod, on Facebook at FranchisePod. <laughs> and you can listen to us wherever you find podcasts because we're basically everywhere. Yeah. And please, please, please give us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts because it will help us to grow our brand. Show. <laughs> our brand yeah whatever whatever our brand is yeah i was gonna say our, our brand could be i thought of a t-shirt when you said a pilot with a toad voice our next t-shirt could be barbara streisand in a biplane looking very nervous and a frogman piloting saying should i do a barrel roll barbara <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good she's just screaming yeah 
And then Indiana Jones is, but it's like a three three seater. And then Indiana Jones is in the third seat, and he just goes, "I hate snakes" because there's a snake in there. That's perfect. I love it. It's just incoherent enough. Oh, go- yeah. It's just we have to. Everything has to be really incoherent. Yes. Um. Well, thanks everybody for staying tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned for the Dark Crystal, which uh, spoiler alert rules. Yep. Stay tuned for Godzilla, which has a concept of rules. And uh, until next time. Uh, have a celery tonic on me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, everybody. <laughs> bye.